Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy. I'm Larry Howes. Thanks for joining me. This episode, I want to talk about employment, what the consumer's doing, and the new supply chains that are forming here domestically. Clearly, the lights are starting to come back on, and we'll soon see how much this party is going to cost. The ISM numbers, the Institute for Supply Management, are up a little bit. Most of that's correction in the data. The service side will rebound here pretty quickly. Nothing new in unemployment, still relatively high. It's in the process of dropping. Oil has been in the 30s for the last couple of days, and it had another change this morning. Not quite in the 20s, but the oil market is uh, reviving. Now, here are the initial jobless claims for Colorado. They look like most states, look like national numbers. They're reducing significantly. The ongoing continuing claims is about half this number. We'll see how many of those decide to leave a very opulent unemployment claim check supplemented by some federal numbers. I think that'll be over by June 30th. And then they'll get back to work. A lot of people are like this. The red is disposable income, which is way up. A lot of people have been still getting paid, whether they got liquidity money or not from the government, they're just not spending it. The blue down here is, well, that's personal consumption, dropped way down. Well, if your consumption goes down and you still have an income coming in, your savings go up. That's where we are. There's been some improvement. Spending is coming back. General merchandise, a lot of it online. Department stores, kind of. I think that's not a very clear category. That'll get corrected later. Restaurants, yeah, a little bit. Lodging, yeah, not airlines. Uh, in the mountains this weekend here, if you're in Colorado, places like Rampart Range, we're literally elbow to elbow of people out of town. And everybody out on the bike paths, it looks like the Russian army was out riding bicycles and most of them were in beautiful brand new bikes. You could see the little tag on it. People are out buying outdoor adventure equipment, float boats, that kind of stuff. Improving the internet at their house, buying cameras. They're not traveling, they're not going to hotels and they're only starting coming back to restaurants. The cost of this stuff, well, motor vehicle insurance way down. Lodging way down. Airline tickets, they can't give them away. Recreational services and outdoor equipment, well, they're actually increasing in price. Yeah, they're selling a lot more of that stuff. Just the nature of the economy. New and existing home sales, well, they sort of had a little slump when there was some clogs in the mortgage industry, and we've talked about that. That is clear. These numbers have not caught up, but new sales and existing home sales have improved. The new construction numbers are probably gonna increase faster in the multifamily arena. The US has several social undercurrents going on right now, and one of them is homelessness. So there's gonna be a lot more low-income housing built in the very near future. I know of one particular project north of Cherry Creek that's not going to be an office building. It's very likely going to be converted into regular income, lower income housing. The city needs it. So things like the little isolated 
pocket in Seattle and the tent city in San Francisco don't happen in Denver. Airlines, well, you've seen this before. The red is TSA numbers of people actually going through security compared to 2019 up there in the top. It has improved a teeny tiny bit. Those are mostly business travelers, the important travelers, truly. I'm not trying to demean business travelers, but the important travelers, the ones that spend a lot of money when they're out, vacationers, U.S. vacationers, they're really not beating the path down to get on airplanes yet. And several of the big airlines, like American, Delta, and United, have already taken more than $5 billion worth of liquidity, keeping their employees, paying a little rent, waiting for this market to return. It is an issue whether this market will return anywhere near where it was in 2019. It will recover to what degree we don't know. Even the great Southwest has taken over $3 billion just to stay afloat. And it's not an economic dignity thing. It is critically important. They have very little revenue, huge overhead, lots of airplanes sitting around doing nothing and pilots and all kinds of people standing around wondering if, when they're gonna to get to work. Okay, the S&P 500, here it is. Last week went back up and had a big breakthrough to where it was January 1 this year, about 3,200. Okay, next day they're worrying about another impact of the virus, so it corrected. A lot of the worries about the virus and how it was going to actually affect humanity are over. There's still some confusion and you're gonna hear the word concern a lot, but the market is back and gone back from fear into, well, let's look at earnings. Let's look at how profitable people are. And it's fairly clear which companies are likely not to be here in 18 months. So. The market is on top of things. That's why it is doing this. Pure index investing is probably over for the foreseeable future. There's gonna be a lot of new stock issue, a lot of small cap stock issue. So we got a new ball game. It's okay. NASDAQ, small companies, has done real well. It's well past where it was January 1 this year. Small caps always lead out of a recession, and technically the U.S. is in a recession, according to Niebuhr. Okay, S&P 500, back where it was. Dow Jones, the industrial manufacturing side of things, not there yet, but getting there. Market fears, diminishing. Fine. Why that is, and what we have going forward, I think demonstrates <laughs> what has been happening really since the whole tariff issue has started with a lot of the world, especially China. A lot of studies being done, and over here on the left, is net profit margin, mostly in the S&P 500. It's good. It had some anomaly problems in 2018 that were rapidly corrected. And right now, what we're examining is, gee, have you been making money because all of your costs and supplies and everything have been provided cheaply from overseas? You look at the data here, and this is worth some study. No, it's not. There's as much efficiency from a modern, more efficient domestic plant than there is in having the stuff manufactured overseas and shipping it over here. This is not new information for a lot of people that run manufacturing plants. 
they are simply going to have to readjust contracts, tooling, everything to change where they get their stuff. The Federal Trade Commission, Department of Commerce is going to require a lot of people, like those that provide vaccinations, prescription drugs, the list goes on and on. They're going to require those people to have more reliable supply chains. What does that mean? Created domestically. Going to be a lot of this in the next two or three years. The other side of why profitability S&P has been, well, questioned here recently is this. This is the last, oh, decade of how many shares of stock there really are and available in the S&P 500 because a lot of corporations have been buying their own stock back. This is not new to anybody. We've talked about this before. There's been a lot of shares pulled out of the S&P 500. Well, a lot. I mean, that's about 9% of the market. We still have 270 billion shares available in the S&P 500. And the fact that companies are buying them back has had a little impact, but it's not nearly the driving force of net margins and earnings as good running, good profitability, taking care of your customer, all of that sort of stuff. The United States industry is doing better all the time. Uh, don't look at shadows like this as something that has just popped up in the, in the framework. It's not. This is, you know, we got to talk about debt. So this is pretty much where the U.S. was, and let's call it January 1, 2020. This is state municipalities, individuals, federal business. Total debt, it's about $50 trillion. It's not been updated for the latest liquidity from the federal government. It's not updated for a lot of municipalities that have already started issuing new debt. It's not updated for bankrupt businesses. It's not updated for a lot of things. It will be soon. And right now, I estimate the cost of our reaction to this virus, it's going to be about $5 trillion. bucks. So this number is going to go from approximately $50 trillion to $55 trillion. It's not going to bankrupt the government. It's going to injure some municipalities. There are a number of small businesses that were on the lower end of the economic food chain, and depending upon where they were, will never return. There isn't the basis, there isn't the economic wherewithal to bring them back. They're gone forever. That hurt those individuals. Unfortunately, it always happens on that end of the economic spectrum. That hasn't changed. But there's going to be a lot of creation of new businesses, and it's going on right now. You'll see new stock issuance on the NASDAQ, small cap side of things, of businesses getting in the supply chain business. That's going to be prescription drugs, vaccinations, specialized manufacturing, a lot of things. They simply will be done here domestically. And unfortunately, two things are going on right now. The dollar did get weaker. It probably needed to. It was too strong considering what was going on in the rest of the world. It's gotten weaker and it has adjusted down to where our interest rates are, which are very low. <laughs> and they're going to stay that way, certainly for another 12 months. But more importantly here, there are more countries out there right now, all in recession as a ratio, 
than it was in the Great Depression in 1929, 30, and so on and so forth. And this number's going up. The reaction to this virus by a lot of humans on the earth was not anything to do with illness or death. It was all to do with money, and it was bad. Some of these countries, Mexico, the UK, lots of Eastern Europe, a couple of countries in Asia, all over the place, whether they're disclosing it or not right now, were severely impacted, and it will take a long time for them to recover. But the biggest issue is the single biggest economic entity on earth by GDP is if you take the government spending out, it is the U.S. consumer. It's about $14 trillion. And for consumers, there's hardly even a second place. It is the U.S. consumer. If you don't go and spend two weeks in the Mediterranean this year, it's going to cost that entire region thousands. A lot of that is not going to happen. You don't buy stuff from China in the next year. It has a direct impact naturally on their spending and whether they buy German cars and whether they're visiting other countries. It's already started. The same goes for everybody on the supply chain. The prices of things like shoes, clothing that are manufactured overseas are dropping significantly, trying to get market share back. When the consumer comes around to it, we're going to see what their spending habits are like. Are they going to be looking in the made in USA? I'm not saying that's important, but some of these supply chains just aren't going to get put back together. They will be recreated and create investment opportunities. There we are. I'm sorry about uh, a lot of the economic impact that's going on in the world. It's just going to get worse for another six months. So now, a lot of questions last week. I hope I addressed them. If you have any, naturally, send them along to info at shwj.com, and I'm happy to address them. As usual, thanks for joining me.